Well, I think prayer has gone through already. <laughs> Lord, we thank you, Father God. We thank you that you took the time, Lord God, to speak to us <laughs> individually. Yeah, Lord God. Oh, God, and we thank you that you allow us to go up in corporal prayer, corporal praise, God. Oh, knowing that you see each of our hearts. Yeah, you know the concerns we walked in here with. God, oh God, we thank you for letting us know we don't have to walk out with them. Oh God, yeah God, we came in here to lay some burdens down. Yeah God, and to praise your name. So Lord, we thank you. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Yeah God, have your way, Lord God. God, yeah God. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you already. Jesus' name we pray. Mm, the people of God say amen. 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 And you may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Ah. Yeah, hallelujah. Today we're going to look at our scripture reference. Got that? Amen. Acts the 16th chapter. Acts the 16th chapter. Will you travel with me into the New Testament, the 16th chapter of Acts? And we're going to begin reading at the 16th verse. Yes, good, good. It's up there in the King James Version because that's the version I'll be reading. This particular text is uh, relatively simple. It's written in the language that King James had his 50 scholars to translate out the Greek and Hebrew. So this, so you got some D's and D's sometimes, but at this particular time in the New Testament, I see this particular section of scripture is relatively smooth going. Amen. Acts the 16th chapter and the 16th verse reads, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, or telling fortunes. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and they are teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the 
in a prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had, been, had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and he washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all of his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced believing in God with all his house. Mm. Amen. Beloved, I call your attention back up to the 26th verse that says, and suddenly there was an earthquake, a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Yes, we're steering in onto those words. All the foundations of the prison were shaken. Yeah, and I offer you our subject this morning. When divine love shakes things up. Is that okay? All right, well then you turn to your neighbor. Now this time you're not just going to talk to him. You, get, you need to get a little close to him because you're going to shake him. <laughs> Hope nobody gets mad at you. <laughs> Say, oh, my friend, when love is in operation, things change. And I believe he's about to shake your world up for your own good. Now, let's give God some hand praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're looking at a story, a narrative that um, takes us again to Paul and Silas in the city of Thyatira. Remember the last time we spoke, let the church be the church. We talked about how they saved those women by the water and then they saved Lydia and her house. And so we're looking still in the city of Thyatira. Um, Paul and Silas were some devoted ministers for the Lord. Man, sakes alive, look at this. They done grabbed them and beat them and not only threw them in jail, but threw them in an inner jail, a dungeon, if you will. Yeah. But before they did that, there was this woman walking behind them. I sound like to me she was saying something good. These men are saving you. 
but she was taunting them, you know? And then she was trying to claim that she had the power because she saw them working miracles, so she was trying to claim she had those powers too. But she was taunting them, you know. Look at these men. Oh, they're from, they're saving folks. Oh, look what they're doing. Now, the Bible also tells us that she made money because she made money for the guys that were over her. You know, I hate to use that word, but you know what she was. But anyway, but she was also... She was also a devil worshiper, and she had a spirit following her that taunted. How many of you know that sometimes Christians, <laughs> sometimes uh, people that we're hanging around with got some kind of spirits on them sometimes? Yeah, and they don't make our lives too easy sometimes. Amen. And we wonder, what's going on? I thought they were a Christian like me. I thought they were a believer. But they're making your life pretty difficult. Yes, they are. And they're taunting you. Yes. So all of us have some people in our lives, I know that, kind of get on our nerve. Yeah. But you know, this woman... She wasn't operating with the powers that Paul and Silas were operating with. In fact, her powers were of divination, the devil, and that's one reason why we're told not to go to fortune tellers. You know that? Yeah. And we don't go to palm readers anymore. Amen. Yeah. We don't get all hung up on astrological readings. Yeah. People still ask me, what sign are you? Oh, you're Aries. And I tell them, look, I was reborn on a new sign. I'm born under the sign of the cross. Amen. And the blood of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Once you are born again of Jesus, you no longer count on Omar to tell you what the moon is pulling you and how you act, why you acting like you acting because Omar don't have nothing to do with how you act. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're born again, the Holy Spirit is controlling how you act. Yeah. Yeah. So when her masters, the people who were making money off of this woman, saw that Paul rebuked her and that the hope of their gains was gone. In other words, all of a sudden, I don't know when he rebuked her, I don't know if she drew up like a broom. I don't know what happened to her. But when they saw she couldn't do what she was doing again uh, or anymore, they were really mad at Paul and Silas. They grabbed them. They beat them. These were the magistrates. That said. They said, these two guys walking around here, saying things and doing things that we as Romans, we don't believe. See, Thyatira was a Greek in Roman city. You know, doing things we don't believe. Get them out of here. In fact, put them in jail. So they told the keeper of the jail to lock them up. Sometimes, no matter how dark and awful things seem, you know, God is taking you in these places. Now, just think about it. Not just the prison, but the inner prison. Probably was pretty stinky in there. I don't see anybody, you know, volunteering to go in there and clean up the mess that's in the inner prison, do you? Yeah. So, they were, it's probably stinky. It's all closed in. There ain't no light going on. Why would these two people... In a nasty, stinky inner cell with no lights, begin to pray. Imagine, see, but they didn't have no 
you know, no nice island, you know, and people falling behind them on the songs. Why they got chains? Yeah, it says they, they, they the jailer was commanded don't only put them in there, but chain up their feet. Yeah, chain up their hands. How dare them throw them in there? Yeah, but Paul, you know, and Silas began to pray and sing. They probably didn't know your songs, Nehemiah. Ah, yeah. But they were singing some worship songs, you know. They, maybe they sang, do you know him? Do you know? Come on, Brother Don. You said you liked it. Do you know Jesus Christ? God's son, his only son, yes, I know him, yes, I know him, yes, I know Jesus Christ, God's son, because they didn't have no music, no piano, everything, maybe one of them got their hands free to do hand bone, he's a mighty good saint. You're a mighty good Savior, Jesus Christ, God's Son. He's a mighty good Savior. Yes, I know him. Yes, I know him. Yes, I know Jesus Christ. God's son. Now it says they weren't singing it real softly. They were singing it so loud the other jailers were like, wait a minute. Aren't they in the darkest cell over there all locked up? <laughs> yeah. And so, but look what happened. Oh, you need to remember this, beloved. When the praises go up, woohoo! The blessings come down. And what a blessing came down. An earthquake. Oh, my God. God sent an earthquake. Yeah. And let me tell you, I want to say this, too. It was at midnight. That's what it said. It was at midnight. If you know anything about midnight, that's the darkest hour. Boy, they say drunks get their drunkest at midnight. Yeah, they say, yeah, they say more suicides happen at midnight. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. They say that's a lonely time, and I remember some lonely moments at midnight. Yeah. I remember some depressing moments at midnight when I didn't feel like singing. Uh-uh. Yeah. In fact, the famous poet Edgar Allan Poe, a famous poet, he began one of his poems, The Raven. He says, once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary. He started his poem, talking about how dreary midnight is. And he's pretty weak and weary. Anybody know that poem? Suddenly there came a tapping, tapping on my door. Yeah, and a black bird flew in and just sat there looking at him. And he started asking, who are you? Who, what are you here for? Yeah. And it turned out in that poem, it became a very famous poem, starting out at midnight. So these two men had every reason to be in a very despondent, discouraged position in this dark inner prison. But they began 
to sing and pray. And God sent an earthquake. I offer you our first thing to consider, beloved, this morning. In your darkest hours, in your locked up position, when somebody has done you wrong and there's no way to get back at them, mm, don't you consider taking your life? Oh, I know that happens. Yeah, we have some true confessors in here who have told us they considered taking their lives. And I believe many of us have been there, but we don't want to admit it. <laughs> the devil will bring you things that all things are over. Your life is over. Look how these people just mistreated you and you were the best. This on the job, you were the best family member. You the one that had all, you the one that made all, you were the best preacher. You made all the birthdays and the whatever. And look, everything is turned around. But you do like Paul and Silas. And if you know the songs at midnight, you begin to sing. Amen. Yeah, yeah. You need to learn some praise songs. Yes, you do. And it doesn't matter how your voice sounds because you're going to be there all by yourself at midnight. So just sing. Hey, yes. Make a joyful noise. That's right. And if you do, you're setting yourself up for a breakout. Amen. Not, yeah, and a breakthrough. Yeah, not a breakdown. But a breakout. Yes, hallelujah. Love, divine love, and we're calling this divine love because divine love sees you. And God's love is getting ready to shake some things up for you. No matter if it's at midnight, God is putting some things in motion because you dare praise and sing at midnight. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to know that our God, our loving God, the good shepherd, the one that David says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, he's the God of the day. He brings sunshine. Oh, the, he's our bright and morning, what? Star, amen. It's so good to know that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside. What kind of waters? Still waters, yeah. He restores my soul. My cup, I'm drinking in the daytime. My cup runneth over. Yeah, it's so good to know that at daytime, you know, he even prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yeah. And sometimes if we just stay in the acknowledgement of who he is in the day, he's going to show up and show you who he is at night. Amen. His love kicks in and he's going to shake up some things for you. Yeah, he's going to change some things around. Amen. Yes. So see Paul and Silas now, free of the inner cell confinement. When God sent the earthquake, it shook all the chains off their feet. It made the hinges of the doors. The doors just flew open. Yeah. He does things completely when he does things. Yes, he does. Uh-huh. And you don't have to pay. Yeah, no lawyer to get you out of some things sometimes. No, God is already getting you out. Amen. I know somebody needs to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to sneak your way out. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to get some cohorts to, to plan something devious with you to get out, uh-huh. You don't have to pay somebody to bear false witness or anything for you, yeah. You just begin to praise. God is about to shake something up, yeah. Yeah, you know what, the first time God gave me this passage of scripture to speak from, we called it Midnight Joy. Yeah, yeah, we called it Midnight Joy. I called it, I think it was several years ago. I called it Midnight Joy. And then somebody came up to me and said, you know what? I was Reverend Stevens. You know what, Reverend Stevens? <laughs> There's a liquor called Midnight Joy. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, you don't need that liquor. You don't need that midnight joy. Oh, that ain't the midnight joy we talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to drink yourself out of this trouble. No. You don't have to drink yourself so silly that you don't even know where you are because you're trying to get out of some trouble. Yeah, right. God's love for you is about to show up. Amen. Yeah. Number two, we, we know this was the love of God in operation mm -hmm. because no one was hurt. You know, if chains fell off and the doors open, the doors didn't come off the hinges and bam, one of the, you know, bam, bam. No one, that kind of earthquake. So we know God's wrath. He could have been mad at those people for doing this to his saints because the Bible says, touch not my what? And do my prophets no harm. Amen. And sometimes, you know, people have to watch out how they treat us. Amen. Yeah, you got to watch out how you treat the people of God. Amen. Yeah, because you just may end up with God's wrath. But right now is God's love and operation. Yeah. Another curious thing, too, is that the jailer, we just read it. The jailer thought he was in big trouble, didn't he? Yeah, oh my God, because the magistrates and all the rulers of the city said, don't just throw him in jail put him, and beat him, you know, had given that. And now here comes this earthquake, nothing is destroyed in the place, but the doors are wide open. So he looks in and he's scared because he thinks he, he's going to kill himself. Yeah, rather than, you know, whatever they were going to do to him, slit his throat or whatever. So, but Paul says, don't do yourself no harm. Look at here. Look at here. Behold, we still here. We ain't going nowhere. We still here. Hallelujah. And he told the, word, the jailer, you don't have to worry about anything, Mr. Jailer. He was Southern, you know. Mr. Jailer, you don't have to. No, okay. We are still here, all of us. When God's love moves or shakes things up for you, there is peace and calmness. You may want to write, I see some writing, you may write this as number three. When God's love shakes your world, the result is peace and calmness. Hallelujah. We've seen it in the faces of our new converts, haven't we? I'm sure some of them, when they went home and around their other family members, they're like, Lord, what happened to you? You're actually smiling. You ain't cussing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the new converts are acting differently. 
because when God shakes God's love, shakes up your world, he changes things around, and he, there's a peace and calmness. That's why Jesus sits sleeping in the boat, and they said, don't you care? The disciples said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Look, look, look what's happening. And he just got up, and he said, peace. Be still. Amen. They say the waves just mm, curled up like little puppies. Lay down. Amen. Amen. So there is peace and calmness when God's love is working after the shakeup. Number four. I want to tell you that this narrative certainly does not end here. Mm-mm. I remember when I preached it those, that many years ago. That's where I ended it. But this narrative does not end here. Because when God shakes up your world for the good, other people get saved too. Amen. Amen. Other people around you get saved too. Yes, yes. Uh-huh, because your testimony changes. Your walk changes. Your talk changes. I remember when I was 15 years old, I used to direct the senior choir. And they were older adults and whatever. And my and mom made us, all of us girls. She was raising seven, eight girls but and no boys. But at any one time, there were four or five of us left at home. And I liked music. And I had to be. And you may see me sometime when I'm sitting there praising. I'll do like this because it's in me. I was directing the choir back long time ago, back in the 1800s. No. But anyway, I was, <laughs> I was directing the choir at 15, and I do a little theatrics with it, you know. Thought I was cute anyway, you know, at that time. At that time. I don't know what happened. But anyway, I was, I was directing the choir and whatever, and I'd put some extra little stuff in it, you know, and I'd have them rock. I even wanted them to turn around. <laughs> you know? And, and I was putting a lot in it, and everybody said, ooh, she could really direct the choir. And Mama said, mm-hmm, wait till it get real to her. Wait, yeah, she, she playing now, but wait till it get real to her. Ooh, and when it got real to me, oh, my God. We start singing those songs. No, I cannot stop praising the Lord. I don't know if you know that. No, I'll never stop praising the Lord. And I thought about, he brought me out of darkness. And I was directing that choir. Yes, and it got so real to me. I forgot the choir. I was running around. <laughs> My sister said, what, what happened to her? What is she doing? Mama said, mm-hmm, it just got real to her. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the story does not end here. The jailer, I never thought about it before. The jailer in our story, the one that was commanded to lock them up good, chain their feet near my, make sure they don't try to get away. Yeah, he's the one that when he sees that they didn't hurt themselves he could have said oh thank you guys and left it alone you know okay I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna go to the magistrates and make sure you all get you know but no the Bible say he invited them to his house he said come to me and then the Bible says he put out 
meat before them. Now, we don't have to kill cows and kill chicken and ring their necks and do that and cut the, you know, to cut. But meat was still a very expensive commodity because you probably own only a few calves or a few whatever, whatever. But to place meat, have you checked the prices of meat lately? Yeah. Amen, amen. I did tell Sister Shonda, we went out when the men of God, um, the iron men of God had the meeting at the house yesterday. We went to Olive Garden. And Pastor Cheryl and I have been there. So she and I have been there. Yeah, we've been to Olive Garden. We sat down. Their Zucca Toscano meatball soup used to be so full of meatballs. <laughs> Yesterday, and I noticed it before. I noticed it a couple weeks ago when Sister Pastor Karen and I went there. It was less meat. And yesterday, I didn't tell Sister Shonda because we were in Bible conversation, but I'm like, where's the beef? <laughs> well, no, no wonder it's all you can eat soup. Because all it is is gravy or whatever. Sauce. Where's the beef? <laughs> but he placed meat before them. Yes. Don't you know when God shakes up things for you, you get the best. Yes. Yeah, your quality of life gets lifted up. Yes. Nothing you did, God did it. Amen. Yeah, some people still tell, ask me a car, how'd y'all get this house? Y'all played the lot? Y'all won. Uncle Carl, you won the lottery. No, no. Uh-uh. God did it. Amen. Yeah, he beefs it up for you. Hallelujah. When God's love draws you out of certain situations, he speaks to your enemies and even they become your footstools. Yes, hallelujah. So we saw the jealous heart was opened and he received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. The whole element, the miracle working power, deliverance and healing had already been exemplified. Yeah, he saw when the locked jails and chains fell off. He saw that these guys had something. He wanted it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He probably had been one of the ones to hear him sing it too. Say, are they crazy? Do I hear singing? <laughs> Maybe I should have put something over their mouths too. But now he's got them at his house and he placed meat before them. And it doesn't stop there. Remember we said when God shakes up your world, yeah, everybody around you, hallelujah, might as well claim it. Yeah. You keep speaking the word of God and that household going to change. Hallelujah. Some people going to change around you. On that job, it's going to change. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. And God's going to tell you how to do it with discretion. Amen. He's going to tell you how to do it where it don't seem like you're trying to beat folks up on the head, over the head with the word. You know? <laughs> yeah, where it's going to sound like, you know, you're, you got praise and worship all in you and it's good to you. And people going to want to know. Your folks going to want to know why you, you singing now. Why you smiling? Why you learning books of the Bible? Why you not cussing? We saw a pastor from that church. And when 
My sister said, I think I found our building. I found this a big building. Come on, come on. And I think I was just, um, I was going to go into the ministry, but I was still Sister Margie at the time. Come on, Margie, come on. And come on, Sister Margie. And they, and they took me in the big hydraulic boat factory, and it was big from the front. And I walked in just thinking, I'm, I'm going to see. And all, it was to the top was dusty gray metals tools. It was a hydraulic boat factory. And everywhere was just ugliness. And they said, can't you see it? Can't you see the vision? And I said, no. I wanted to see it, but I couldn't see it. So I said, Marcia, you can't see it? No. But let me tell you, when God shakes up a corner, Oh, my God, he does it in good fashion. Because Pastor Wayne, to tell you, people came from, white folks came from all over, helped us. They laid on their back. They put up a brand new cedar ceiling with a skylight. All one uh, gifted man came and built a kneeling royal. And all we bought pews and they painted. And I tried to help paint. I was so glad at that time. I said, well, I'm going to paint because I'm going to change this ugly thing. So I had my, and I had my little corner and I was painting. And they said, oh, you going to do that? I said, yeah. And I dropped the paintbrush in the bucket. And they said, uh, Sister Margie, um, you come, you sit here, okay, and you pray. We, it, it's going to be all right. We're going we gonna to get this together. You, you just sit right there, okay? <laughs> so, but anyway, they changed it to the most beautiful building. But that's not all. And then we start having delivery services on Saturday. We call it uh, Saturday Breakthrough, right? And, but the most amazing thing is that the men who opened the tavern would be in the tavern, they start hanging out, and my, my husband and I had an Escalade, and we bought three sets of hubcaps. Some hubcaps kept disappearing. We bought another set, them hubcaps just, we bought another set of hubcaps disappearing. Finally, we say, okay, we're not getting those fancy hubcaps. We're gonna drive around with just spoke wheels, just wheels, okay? But, so we stopped. But then we got the idea. Let's hire the men going in the tavern, right, pass away, to watch the cars. And we give them a little money. They began to wash the cars. And they did it so proudly. And then instead of going straight into the tavern, you see them out there like on patrol. You know, we don't give them a dollar, two or three dollars, four dollars. But you thought they were hired for, you know, like at the stadium. They were guarding the cars. And then eventually... Elder Tolar, they start coming in and sitting in the back. We had a big old men's ministry, didn't we? A reformed tavern goers. Hallelujah. Yay. And then the main pimp of all the prostitutes was a woman. And she was a big, tall woman. And she kind of resented what was going on because the fervor, you know, the atmosphere was beginning to change on the corner. Yeah, we, we decided to leave the doors open sometimes so they could hear the praise music. It was competing with the tavern music, but finally tavern music had to be lowered because our praise music was going so well. And then the prostitutes came in and lined up. Yes, they did. I did a prayer line. Yeah, hallelujah. And we did a prayer line, and the main lady, the drug-selling pimp lady, you think of a pimp as a dress, yeah, suit, riding around the car watching his ladies, but this was the woman. 
She sat on the back. And when we did the altar call, who came forth? Who came forth? And even that's not the end of the story. Because not only did she get saved and helped begin to go to her nephew's church, but he moved to New York and wanted to save the district of prostitutes and pimps and whatever in New York. And she moved there and came back to tell us, she said, Sister Margie, they said, oh, she's Reverend Margie. Reverend Margie, let me tell you, you all, you all changed my life, changed my world. She said, and I'd like to invite you to see what we did in New York too, amen. Hallelujah. And we prayed so the tavern had to go. Yeah, the tavern closed up. They tore down the tavern, and Love Outreach no longer had to park on the street. We had a paved lot. Amen. We drove in a paved lot. When God shakes up some things, amen, when he begins to shake up some things, change happens. Hallelujah. Yes. God told me to tell you, in this shake-up process, it may be a little disturbing. Elder Carl preached last night, we have to suffer. Suffer brings tribute, brings uh Patience, yeah, we suffer in God. Not just suffer, suffer, but suffer in God. There's a difference, amen. Patience comes, yes. And God told me to tell you not to get a little fearful. And I have to be careful saying God told me to tell you because there's a scripture say, you know, don't be saying I said this and you, you got to say this. But I, I know that God told me to tell you stop being fearful amen he's working things out just a little while of shake up of things around you and everything is going to change for you when he closes one door he's shaking up and opening up another door for you you're about to walk into a better job more pay hallelujah he says, don't get fearful of what God is doing. He says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love, talking about Jesus, casteth out all fear. You got to know the name to call on. You got to know that God's love will shake up things for you. You got to know that when the world starts shaking beneath your feet, chains going to start falling. You won't be hurt in the process. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You shall come out victorious. You are more than a conqueror to Jesus Christ our Lord. His word is true and it still works today. Yes, hallelujah, it's time that you understand that there is no failure in love. For I am persuaded, come on y'all who know this with me, yeah, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Yay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
turn to that person again, shake them again a little bit. Yeah, y'all to be glad God's shaking up your world. <laughs> it's for your own good. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs>